it's like, yeah, I'm done. I need a break for the weekend. <laughs> need a break for the weekend. That's going to be the opening for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to welcome everyone to We Go Again podcast. It's Christmas. We're sitting here in a very blustery Germany tonight. And sat here in West London. It's me, Rob Overfield. And uh, it seems to have been a long while since we uh, actually recorded. Yeah, here in Berkshire, it's me, James Bartleby. Um, yeah, we uh, obviously we didn't record week so we are uh, we go again this week yeah apologies for that it was my work it's all your fault wasn't it? It's all, it, it, it well, was to be fair Rob, Rob was uh, and I was on away. holiday, was holiday, on holiday. Yeah. you yeah. worked late Christmas, so mm-hmm. yeah it's um, just one of those weeks uh, it wouldn't have been a very cheery one last week anyway considering events no. and stuff, so we're not we're not going to talk about that I don't think we're just there's other stuff to talk about we don't want to give that the light of day do we really no not not overly uh so let's give the light of day to yeah i just thought that we don't really want to give the light of day to this either do we to be honest but oh well i think we do because it's very important because it's becoming more and more and there's some very big decisions being made by var and i've I've, we've got to say we're not going to go about individual decisions regardless of whether we think they were correct or not the only thing i will say is how the hell can you get the tell the referees a goal signal goal and then put on the score scoreboard no goal and confuse the life out of fifty thousand people yeah the the old deli alley one um yeah yeah which i don't even understand why it went to var because it, it it the referee should have said, no, stop, stop, stop. That was a clear goal. Yeah, I mean, it comes off his shoulder quite clearly. Um, there was the, the reason there was quite a lot of incidents this past weekend in the, in the Premier League, wasn't there? There was the, um, uh, the goal for Burnley because he tripped um, Johnny Evans. Uh, it was Chris Wood, wasn't it? He tripped Johnny Evans as the ball was going in and people were saying that goal should have stood. There was no way he was going to get to it. But the ball was still in play and he tripped the guy. So that's a foul. It doesn't matter whether he was going to get to the ball or not. The ball is still in play and the foul is called. Um, doing well to say we weren't going to talk about specific incidents, are we? <laughs> well, I was, only, I was only mentioning but, that one because I just found it so funny. Well, the, the thing that the thing that started this for me was I'd, I hadn't seen those games. And it was the it was the Man United-Liverpool one, the, the old foul on Divock Origi in the build-up to the United goal. And it it just got me thinking that why have we got VAR in the Premier League when the only thing they're using it for is these ridiculous offsides? Where And by the way, why are they disallowing goals when the arm is offside? You can't score with your arm. So that shouldn't be given. Um, I, I don't understand why we've got it and we're not using it. I can only assume that it's been forced on the Premier League, that FIFA or UEFA or the professional game the referees associate pgmol the uh, professional game match official whatever they're called i think they're called all, they, the, uh, all the sponsors or yeah they, i think they i think they've said look the bundesliga have got it uh la liga have got it Serie A have got it ligue 1 have got it you've got to have it you're the biggest league in the world you have to have it it's in brazil it's you know it's in other countries and i think the premier league have said all right we'll have it but we ain't going to use it um they've come out and said when it was first announced that it was going to be in this season they they said there's a high this high bar thing um and they don't want to be seen to re-referee the game Hmm. now i'm sorry but that is exactly what var's remit is 
is to re-referee the game because whether you uphold the decision, advise the lines that the referee to go to the monitors or overturn it there and then, you're re-refereeing the game because you're reviewing an incident, a handball, a foul, an offside, a goal. You are re-refereeing the game. So that is a stupid argument. Um, I don't even know if we have the monitors pitch side. I seem to remember them saying they weren't even going to install those. But they, they must be there. They must be, surely. Um, the, the reason as well, I think that the Premier League don't actually have, have, are in a, a peeing contest with FIFA is during the Women's World Cup, you remember when we did some podcasts and we, we talked about the whole penalty thing, didn't we, when um, they were retaking penalties because the goalkeeper wasn't mm. on the line. Mm. The Premier League came out and said, we ain't going to be using VAR to see whether the goalkeeper's feet is on the line. And Pierluigi Colina said, well, that's the law of the game. You have to, <laughs> the goalkeeper has to be in contact with the goal line with one foot. Um, so he, right from then, going into this season, it makes sense. The Premier League don't actually want VAR, which is fine. I don't like VAR. Um, I started softening towards it until this season. And I actually think Premier League is becoming a laughing stock because they're not using it. Um, because on the pitch, I think referees, um, and we're talking about going back to the Man United game, it was Martin Atkinson one of the most experienced referees in England at the minute. He referees international football, Champions League, Europa League. Um, I'm sure he'll do the Euros. I don't know if he's done an international tournament yet, but he certainly does qualifiers. He does the top games. He's used to using VAR. So he, for my money, he is letting play go if he isn't 100% sure because he's expecting VAR to have a look at it and call him about it and say, go and have a look. You might want to have a look on the monitors. The game on Sunday, Martin Atkinson has refereed for 15 years in the Premier League. I think it was a guy called David Coote who was the VAR. He's done 15 games. So how is he supposed to tell Martin Atkinson how to do his job? It's, that was the wrong way around, surely. Surely Martin Atkinson should be in the VAR room. And I just it's a whole mess. And I just... Yeah, I just I don't understand why they've got it and they're not using it because it it's it's not going to slow the game down any more than it already is because they they're waiting two or three minutes for them to check a goal, so why can't they just get them to go over and have a look at the at the screen at the monitor? I I just don't understand. I mean we, we've had teething problems in every other league that it's in, but it's been in the Bundesliga now. I think this is the third season. It's the second season in La Liga. I think it's the second season in Serie A as well. So they've had teething problems. But it's settled down, and it, you know, it's an inconvenience. And I think, I think if you're in the stadium, I don't think it's great yet for the fans. Um, but I just don't understand why, why the Premier League are taking this stance. It just, it to me, it seems to be a bit of arrogance saying, well, we'll have it, but we ain't going to use it. You don't tell us what to do. And and the only thing they're using it for is is offsides, and it's, it's it's there. So it's not going anywhere. I don't like it. But it ain't they, have, they have disallowed a few goals because of it. Yeah, they, I think I saw a stat that they've, they've overturned 15 decisions, somewhere around that, out of 500 reviews. I mean, you know, that. I don't know what your thought is just isolating an incident, but we've referenced that Man United game a lot. I don't know if you saw it, um, but the, the, the kick on Divock Origi, I mean, that should have been called back. It, it was a foul. He kicked him on the knee. <laughs> That's a foul. And it was from behind. So, I, yeah, I mean, that to me suggests that the on-pitch referee 
isn't making the decision because he's expecting VAR to have a look at it and at, at, at least tell the on-pitch referee or advise the on-pitch referee to go and look at the monitors. And it's clearly not happening. We haven't used the monitors once yet. It's entirely possible that the Premier League are saying, we believe that our referees don't need it. They're good enough to manage without having to use or resort to you know, taking advice from the VAR official. Mm. And as regards the officials who are actually doing the work, I'm sure that there is lots of experienced referees, possibly not Premier League referees, but definitely experienced referees that have been involved with, you know, the championship downwards to League Two, who know the game, who understand exactly what's going on, who could be used to basically be the ones to act as the VAR, because they know what they're looking at, they're experienced in interpreting what they're seeing, and they're, you know, they know what the decision needs to be. And I think that's been part of the problem um perhaps not necessarily the most experienced officials with the recently retired ones the ones that are not allowed to officiate anymore due to age mm. you know, was... why what what are those are, are those referees actually being given the opportunity to even you know perform that role i was it's still it means they're still involved in the game it means they're still performing a function and they're giving, to, and you know, they're making life easier for the on-pitch referee. I just had that exact same um, brainwave as, while you were talking there, Rob. Mm-hmm. They have to retire. Is it forty-five? I, I thought it was. I thought it was a little later, forty-eight it, or something. It might be a bit later than that, but yeah. some brilliant referee. I mean, Pierre Luigi Colina. I think he had to retire. I think Italy's different. I think he had to retire at forty-five because I seem to remember there was. Um, there's a bit of talk that he might come over and referee in the Premier League for a couple of years, which would have been amazing. Um, but yeah, it's a, it, that is a perfect opportunity, isn't it? It keeps yeah. them in the game um, yeah. because their mind and their decisions and their common sense and their experience are all still intact. Yep. They might have gone past this arbitrary age, which I think is ridiculous anyway. Mm. Um as long as you do a fitness test every year, you know, a bleep test or whatever it is that they, they all they have to do is cover distance. They only have to cover 50 yards there and back. <laughs> you know, they, I don't, I don't really understand why they set, why they hurt themselves. Like all right, fair enough. You want to be able to progress younger referees. And of course, if you've got older referees sticking around till the mid fifties, it's going to hamper the promising young ones coming through. But yeah, put them in the VAR room. Absolutely perfect solution. Yeah. Hopefully it will be the way it goes in the future. Um mm. cuz we've had who's the one that does um there's one they have at BT Sport isn't there? They always have Peter Walton. Yeah. You know? Exactly. I mean, he's he's recently retired. So he yep. could he could do it. You could have retired players that don't want to be an on-pitch referee. They could be, you know, they would have the added experience of actually playing the game. Mm. And if they took a referee's course as well to do the VAR they would. Yeah. It wouldn't be a single aspect of the game they didn't have experience of, or they didn't know about. Mm. So, you know, hopefully, you know, as time goes on. I mean, you can't do this overnight. Hopefully, as time goes on, that is something that that can be done. But, I mean, going, we again going back to the women's World Cup. We um, we talked about it then when you do call down to the on-pitch referee and say you might want to go and have a look at the monitor. They are going over there in the mindset that they've made a mistake. So they are already going over to the monitor 
thinking, I've got this wrong, I've got to change my mind. So in that respect, I do agree with limiting the use of the monitor. But mm. if it's something clear, like someone's been kicked, then I think you need to, mm. you need to implement it. It's there to help. So mm. use it. I have to admit, with the on-pitch referee, there's something I always say um, if I hear somebody complain about the match official saying, why didn't he see this? You know, he's blind, he didn't see that. And I just say, yeah, the angle of sight he has isn't the one you've got. Mm. So whereas it might have been very obvious to you, it might have been very dubious, it might have been hidden or obscured from him. Yeah. Don't, but don't expect the match official to be able to see the same it, things from and it, it's and the it, same with VAR. It's the same with VAR. Just because VAR's got it clear, the match official might have also seen it in a different way and not decided it was an intentional challenge or it was deliberate. But it, it's it's not just that. I mean, it could be he could be looking right at it. But mm. what do we do a hundred times a minute? We blink. So mm. it literally could be a case of he blinks and you know he's missed mm. a decision because he's involuntarily yeah. blinked i mean it is yeah. things do especially in the premier league things mm -hmm. do happen that quick they do they do and that's one of the things that you know i sometimes feel that we we don't really take as much notice of as we should you know um it's part of i mean it's i mean being a match official is probably one of the most thankless jobs in football oh yeah i've said before when i um when i was coaching um my eldest uh youth uh, his youth football I had refereed a couple of games because we either we didn't have one or well yeah basically because we didn't have one because um, I'm not a qualified referee so why else would I do it and it was horrible and that mm. was an under sevens under eights under nines game and mm. it was the most stressful thing I've ever done in my mm. life mm. it was horrific mm. so I, you know uh, yeah, they have uh, all my I mean I berate them we all berate them um but mm -hmm. I feel so, so sorry for them. And I mean, Callum, my eldest, he, he wants to be a referee, um, which is why he's also learning martial arts at the minute. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if he's in non-league. Yeah. Yeah. I have to, I have yeah. to admit, James, I mean, I've taken the game as well, and it was um, a supporters team game, you know, for, you know, you know, clubs of, you know, of support, teams of supporters that challenge yeah. each other. And I once took a game like that. And I mean, I was only doing, I'll, I'll be brutally honest, I was doing it for the money. <laughs> Yeah. Honest, doing it for the money and i just thought it was you know i went i just you know i i did it and i thought well you know at least now i can and it's not much of a game but at least i can look a referee in the face and say i have a bit of an understanding of what you have to face a small part but you know but instead of talking about negative things about the referee, i spotted something there that's actually a positive you might okay. have seen it you might you might not have um a Europa League match is going to be taken by a match official from this country. But it's not a match official you would necessarily think of. Um, a Europa League match, I can't remember which it is. If someone looks on BBC Sport website, they'll find it for me because I haven't got my phone in front of me. Um, the referee in question is a referee by the name of Sean Massielis. Ah, okay. She was an Yes. referee wasn't she so if, if one of you two just have a quick look and if i mean the listeners you know they might see it tomorrow or whenever they listen to the podcast just go to the bbc sport website and i feel sure it's a europa league match 
in the men's comp, you know, in you know the men's side, not you know, because I don't know if the women have a Europa League competition. I think they do, but you know, she's going to be taking one of the games. Uh, oh, the, the one I'm about, the one I'm about to start watching. <clears throat> Sorry, uh, when I'm doing the podcast, uh, I from <laughs> the PSV versus Lask. That's the one. That's the one. She, I mean, now there is a positive story. She's obviously proof such... that women can get decisions wrong as well. Well, let's put it this way. It's a little-known fact that her husband is also a referee. And he referees in what's known as the Contributory Leagues, namely the Conference North and South. I've come across him two or three times. And one of the supporters was saying, after he made a decision that they didn't agree with, why don't we get his wife here? She might have, he might, she might have done a better job. <laughs> But but this let's just look at the positives of this. You know, this is a woman that's come up, been official for many years. I know she had a bad experience with one game. I can't remember exactly what's happened. It might have been. It was the probably the sacking uh, of uh, Andy Gray and Richard Keys from Sky Sports. Oh yeah, that was yeah. that was it. Yeah. I, mean, I couldn't she, remember the people, but she's worked her way up, hard work. <coughs> she's you know she's gone through the game, and she's getting the opportunity to take charge of a game at a high level. If, I, if I'm right in thinking, she was the first female assistant referee as well, wasn't she? I in think. the Premier League, yes, I believe yeah. so. Well, well no, so all, yes, Premier League, yeah, yeah sorry. So it's only, it's only a matter of time until, yeah. um, until yeah. she's given a, a Premier League game then. Uh, because if she's doing UEFA competitions, then oh God, yeah. she should be doing Premier League competition um, so. matches in the middle. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's fantastic. Um, it can only be a good thing because... Did you do the Charity Shield, don't forget. Oh, did you? I didn't watch it. I had no, no. idea. What is the referee? Or is yes. It... Okay. Oh. Has she done any Premier League games then? Um, I can't... I don't watch that many... I don't, you know, I don't watch prim, uh, Match of the Day or anything like that, so I wouldn't... I wouldn't know, but I can't... I don't... Well, I'm sure she hasn't done any of the live games I've seen. Um, but yeah, no, it is brilliant, and you can guarantee that you ain't going to get seven or eight players crowding around her for every decision she makes like you would with a with a mm. block so mm. it, it is positive it can only be a good thing um the next the next step after that is is getting a, a female manager i know emma hayes the chelsea women's manager she's got ambition to manage a men's team um and you know yeah i mean it's everybody's sport it's mm. it's only men that can play that code of the sport which is fair enough doesn't mean that you can't have female coaches female managers female mm-hmm. referees we've got loads of brilliant female commentators and pundits um mm-hmm. emma hayes again is one of them she's mm-hmm. absolutely fantastic as a pundit um she's honest and you know she doesn't she's got yeah. she doesn't media it up she will be blunt and say mm-hmm. you know say it was rubbish if it was rubbish mm, um mm. scott i think is probably my favorite one she's absolutely brilliant uh former arsenal mm, player yeah. absolutely brilliant she is um and can dance a bit as well yeah she's on strictly <laughs> isn't she yeah, yeah not that, not yeah, that one. so yeah i mean it is a logical next step yeah um female uh referees and then as i say yeah bring bring them into the into the dugout and hopefully it it will be a brave a brave woman and i think emma hayes has said it herself it will be a brave woman the first who takes that step but mm. Mm. It, it's it's coming and it, it needs to happen and i would be delighted for emma Hayes to take even ch- take charge of, of huddersfield town if 
you know, if if we did, didn't already have an amazing manager. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 fantastic news. It really is. Yeah, and I'm also confused now. Uh, really, Kristen? Yeah, let's let me just go back because. She's the assistant referee. She's not in the middle. Ah, uh, that's that's what's that's uh, what's confusing. I can, I can gonna say I've just turned on the match and thought looks very funny. That doesn't look like a woman in running around in the middle to me, but that does on the sideline. So she's actually doing her normal day, uh, her normal job oh, well, it's uh, still, sideline. But it's still a positive step. The fact that she's actually taking that game as an assistant, as you know, instead. Yeah. And PSV Stadium's a nice stadium. It's easy to get to, so. Not far from the train station. Sorry. <laughs> just, just, just. I wouldn't know. I've never been. Uh, me neither. I've never actually been in it, but it's round the corner you'd, from one of my customers. <laughs> I've got to say, you've, I seem to remember you have said you're looking at it while you've done the podcast in the past. Yes, uh, for, from from hotel rooms uh, overlooking that. So, yes, that is, but, uh, so that's really good news, that, actually. I, I think it's it's a step in the right direction. Mm. Absolutely. Talking of Mars, while we're on here, um, on the BBC website, there was something else that you put in the group, Rob, and just trying to find which screen I had it on, uh, about Tigress and Veracruz. Um, so basically Veracruz went on strike, but I'm confused again. Because they went on strike, yet they managed to concede two goals by not moving. But mm. somebody must have kicked the ball after the first goal went in. Yeah, after me, I couldn't work that one out either. How they managed to con you know, so... But then again, you know, doesn't mean to say they can't walk up to the penalty spot and just give it away. Just, you know, pass it to one of the Veracruz, to one of the other players and, you know, let them walk it through again. It was a bit of a funny story, really, because apparently at the start they were only going to basically do it just for 60 seconds. And then it ended up about, as you said, about three, over three minutes. So, you know, they made their point. Um, they basically got, you know, got everybody to understand what their grievance was. Admittedly, you know, I suspect the club will probably have been, might have been given a, bo- um, a bit of a telling off. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I was going to say another no, one, I but I, I thought uh, <laughs> just pulled that one up in time. Yeah, I suspect they were carpeted, for, you know, for letting things get to that point. So it was—it's a curious one. Uh, but thought that entered my mind was with the well, with some teams that concede a goal in the first two minutes. How would you know whether they were playing or not? <laughs> That's the thing. How would you know? Some of them don't obviously. You know, make a lot of movement in the first two minutes. So how would you know whether they're playing or whether they're on strike? <laughs> yeah, it's it thing, but it's the the reason the players went on strike is because they were protesting about unpaid wages. Um, so I, I I can feel for them. They've, they've yeah. gone out there and they've just agreed that they, according to Veracruz uh, defender Carlos Salcedo. Um, he basically, they went on, they agreed it was going to be for a minute, um, and he he said, so the Veracruz defender said that they knew they were going to go on, Tigres knew they were going to go on strike for three minutes, but Tigres, <laughs> Guido Pizarro, uh, he said, 
no, they told us it was going to stop for a minute, and then it was three. And we agreed, so a solidarity for the first minute, they would stay um, still for a minute as well. So Veracruz are bottom of the table without winning the first 13 games. And obviously, yeah, this was from the 19th. It's uh, still a very strange situation that's uh, gone on there. Well, what I don't understand is if they were stood still, how did they take the kickoff? How did they, how did they restart after the first goal? Which that is what we were saying, yeah. 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 That was it. I mean, but, um, you know, for all we and know... To be, and to be fair, how the hell did they only score two goals in three minutes against a team of statues? Interesting point. <laughs> two minutes, two minutes. Because don't. Oh, they stood still for a, for a minute as well. They, yeah, but... they stood still for a minute as well, but then they probably got rather confused. Yeah, but my my after the kickoff. My my, you know, my dad and everyone always says it only takes a second to score a goal. So how did they only score two in two <laughs> two minutes? Did they kick the play? Did they kick the ball against the stat- statuesque players or something? <laughs> no, don't forget this the celebration. Celebration oh, yeah, yeah. takes like, at least yeah, a minute. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. they score, t- celebrate for a minute, get the ball back, score, celebrate for another minute. <laughs> mm. Well, <laughs> because if that's done one that, thing that, that winds mm, me up immensely about... See, this is the thing with this VAR stuff, going back to what we were talking about first. It takes forever to do it, and they never add on the right sort of time. But then you watch them do the celebrations... And it takes forever for them to do the celebrations. And then you say, oh, it's all over. What the... What? (laughs) You've let them score. You've watched them jump around for 45 seconds. And then you said, out of our minute of injury time that we've added on, that's it done. That's just rubbish. The thing is, though, that doesn't doesn't count as... (laughs) I can't see my copy of the laws of the game as regards to, you know what the criteria is for that but i think the time added on is specifically for when the game is actually stopped now you could say well the ball's in the back of the net therefore it's dead but the game is still you know it's 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 not been stopped the the, as far as i'm aware the added time at the end of a half or the end of a game is for when the referees stopped play and if you think about it, when a goal's been scored, the referee doesn't stop the play. But he also doesn't allow play to continue <coughs> until all the players are back in the other half. What he should do is just go, get the ball, put it on the centre spot, carry on, let's go, lads. And then we'll, see, we'll suddenly stop these ridiculous celebrations that happen now. Um, I can understand if, if you've just scored and it's the winning goal last minute and it's going to win the game and all that sort of thing. But sometimes it's... 10 minutes into the game and you're watching and you're seeing the goalkeeper going up and joining the celebration. What the hell is he doing up there? He doesn't want to be left out. It's lonely being a goalkeeper, Kristen. You know that. Goalkeeper's union and all such things. (laughs) Sorry, I'm just, um, I was was just, something on the BBC website caught my eye that came out a few hours ago um, about the, um, the Premier League's plans for the uh, for the World Cup season in 2022. I don't oh know. If, no, I haven't. I don't know if you've seen that. Um, I haven't seen them yet. Oh, Arsenal are losing already. Yeah, it's an ex Arsenal, uh, an ex Tottenham or ex Arsenal player that scored the goal as well. I think. Um, I'm just going to see. Can I put the the link for this? So basically, it's on it's on the 
BBC Sport website um, just quickly. So they're, they're suggesting at the minute the World Cup starts on the 21st of November and runs till the 18th of December. So they're proposing to play games up until the 12th of November and then restart on Boxing Day. So they would be playing games nine days before the start of the World Cup and then coming back and playing eight days after it finishes. And they're also talking about postponing the championship during it as well, which is interesting because I suppose, well, they do for the for international break, don't they? Um, I mean, it's not, it's not an official thing. This is something that's going to be talked about at their next clubs meeting. But I thought that was interesting because it's such a mess, isn't it, that 2022 World Cup? It's like you, there is no perfect solution of how to do this. They are. Don't have it in the desert. Well, obviously, but, you know, <laughs> they are doing, so there's not a lot we can, <laughs> we can do about that. Um, but, yeah, I just... Um, I, I don't really know how... I don't really know how you do uh, how you do that. They're also saying the uh, the season would kick off a week. Sorry if you can hear a dog in the background. There's um, one in a nearby house has decided to go mental. Uh, must disagree with you, James. Yeah, must do. Um, maybe it's uh, maybe it's Seth Blatter's dog. Uh, so they're saying this that Man United fan saying that was never a foul, mate. <laughs> Talking of that, I've got something to you know. It's um, if we just want to completely divert off James's subject. Well, why not uh, go for it? <laughs> yeah, um, no, I, that... I was I was listening to it. <laughs> Uh, well, j- 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 just quickly, just talking about the Manchester United game. Um, apparently, the captain for Manchester United tonight is Harry Maguire. Oh he com- yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's com- he completely forgot at the start of the game he was the captain, and the referee had to shout of him to come and do the coin toss. Yeah, he forgot. <laughs> Should have booked him he? for time wasting. <laughs> yeah. And talking of that, I've just checked up the laws of the game and to find out what allowances the referee can make. He can add time on for the following substitutions. Assessment and or removal of injured players, wasting time, disciplinary sanctions. That's wasting time in my book. I haven't got that far yet. Um, Medical stoppages permitted by competition rules, delays relating to VAR checks and reviews, any other cause including significant delay to a restart, e.g. goal celebrations. So he could do. But... um, to be honest, you you very seldom see it in a you know in a, a game where referees added time on for celebrations. We all know that they usually allow thirty seconds for every substitution. Everybody knows that one, and also for the you know for injured players. And, but I don't suppose many people realise if he can actually add time on for if he's actually sending somebody off. Uh, that was a new one on me. So yeah. But uh, going back to Manchester United, James, go on. Sorry. <laughs> to Manchester United? No, we were going on about the Qatar and our summer World Cup in winter. Um, was, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it is going to be a mess of a season. Um, I don't think this this deal is going to go through because, as it says in, the, um, in this article, um, national associations allow, you know, you generally give them three four weeks to prepare for a tournament so how that's gonna how that's gonna work there i don't know and of course november to december what are you gonna do about the champions league and the europa league <laughs> so th- this is this world cup is going to cause a hell of a lot of problems for all all the european leagues or most of the major european leagues and we're talking the money the, the, the money leagues the big five um plus 
obviously um the netherlands and uh, you know the a l- most of the men of the um of the europe european leagues uh, or western european i guess we'd say because i know russia and a few of those others run slightly differently don't they but mm-hmm. it's oh, i mean it's it's going to be an absolute mess this is um but i mean they have it in rugby don't they in the rugby union mm-hmm. world cup happens mm-hmm. during the season and the, the the premiership carries on and it's if you've mm. if you've lost 10 players to the world cup well then you're gonna have to find 10 other players to take those spots mm. yeah so, i mean that's tough, one yeah that's i mean that's one thing with the rugby premiership um so even when it's the for example the six nations yeah 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 you know it's still a case carries of on, doesn't yeah, it, the, club? the competition still carries on you've lost players to play for england scotland wales ireland france whatever you know it's a case of i mean in that, so? res- in that respect it, it it would make the Premier League a lot more interesting, wouldn't it? If if all of a sudden Chelsea and Man United and Man City and Arsenal and all and Liverpool have, have suddenly lost 12, 13, 14, 15 players to the World Cup, it all of a sudden gives the Burnleys of the world a chance to to get some, you know, to maybe finish in a European spot that season or, you know, God forbid, a, a Leicester to win the league. You know, it, it, so part of me, part of me is thinking... Yeah, screw it. Just carry, just run it, just run it as normal. And the, those successful teams can pay for their success by losing their best players to the World Cup. Why not? Mm. If, FIFA, if FIFA wanted it there as it is, it's not my problem, is it? Let the club sue FIFA. I mean, if you look at it in other sports, you know, we've, we've mentioned rugby union as an example. Think of it in cricket as well. You know, players go off to play in, as, it, as you know, it used to be a case of in test matches, one day internationals and things like that. And the county just had to manage. There was no breaks. You know, the county was just expected to just carry on. And this whole idea of giving the players an, in, uh, you know, you know, rest in the top leagues is to give the players a chance and they're not going to be overworked. Well, you know, now clubs are big enough to not worry about having a squad that can cope with it. If you think about it, when this rule was originally in place, not many clubs had that bigger squad to be able to manage from losing players to internationals. But now, in the Premier League, you know, what club doesn't have a first-team squad of 30 players plus? Well, and you look at a a, a team like Man City. I mean, if if that was to happen, they would literally lose their entire 25-man squad. Because I think I would be pretty, uh, pretty confident in saying that at least 21 of them are going to be in world cup squads i would imagine um so and and it's not it's not just that season because if it's going to if that 2022 2023 season kicks off a week earlier and finishes a week later that's going to impact on the seasons either side as well to give proper breaks and you know and what is going to happen to these if these players play on the 12th of november and then on the 21st of november the world cup starts all right off obviously they might be able to arrange fixtures so that the top players maybe don't play till the 23rd 24th of november um i don't think fifa would be too keen on that though because they would want a brazil or a spain or an england or someone like that to kick off the tournament mm. but you know maybe something could be done there so it gives them a couple of extra days break i don't know it's i mean this was the problem wasn't it we we knew this was going to happen um we knew it was going to be a mess um and well fifa made the, this bed and Indeed. it's um 
burning. <laughs> I think Indeed. at the minute. I mean, one of the things that FIFA has done in recent years is to take the competition to countries that don't necessarily have a what you might call a, a high standard of you know top flight football i mean and qatar has none whatsoever that i've ever heard of um well i'm sorry if that's a little bit ins- insulting but you know it's a case of was it a case of did money talk very probably i mean it went everybody remembers the world cup that went to it was played in america admittedly they have come on a bit since then so that's not you know Oh god, Not that was an awful World Cup. Yeah, when oh, we the worst final ever, '94. Mm, oh my so, god. And then when you look, I mean, I'm just trying to remember some of the, other, I mean, some of the other countries it's been to, and I can't remember them. I'll be honest, I cannot remember some of the countries where the World Cups recently been played. Well, most most of them have been footballing decisions. Um, you know, mm. I mean, you've 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 had um, Japan and South Korea just when the J League was was kind of in its infancy, but was mm. uh, you know was booming in terms of popularity it was really yep. catching hold so it was a perfect one for them to have mm-hmm. and other than that it's you know yeah it's, it's been what what we have we've had brazil germany um obviously the russia one from a footballing point of view was a no-brainer because they're a huge footballing mm-hmm. nation mm-hmm. and they've never had it so in that respect they deserve yep. it we all know yep. though that's not the reason they got it but <laughs> from a footballing angle you can't yeah, argue with can't it. Argue that one. Um, but when you give it to Qatar, when there were, I can't remember, was it Spain or Australia that was up against them? I can't remember now. Because um, mm. I know one of them was up against um, Russia, and I can't remember which way around it was. But, mm. you know, I mean, you, like England, we could host a World Cup tomorrow. You wouldn't have, we wouldn't have to spend a penny. Wouldn't have to do anything to mm. any transport links, any infrastructure, any stadium. We could host mm. it tomorrow. It's, it wouldn't be an issue. Mm. I hope. I hope we never do because I, FIFA just ride roughshod over the country. Look at mm. South Africa. You know, I mean, mm. they've got empty stadiums. I mm. mean, well, they had them during the during the World Cup. To be fair, <laughs> true. But they they overgrown in weeds now. Um, mm. And you know, Qatar. I mean, there was the whole thing about Qatar were going to make these stadiums so that it could be disassembled and sent around the world weren't they so just you know so they could get rid of them again mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just you know yeah. and then you then you, you know you've got hundreds and hundreds of people dying in the process of building it and it, you know mm-hmm. the whole thing's just wrong and now it's going to affect some of you know the all right if the old little englander here but it's going to seriously disrupt the the big money leagues it you know i mean mm-hmm you've got to look at it in that respect i mean i don't really care if what happens in england you know what what the premier league clubs have to do or the championship clubs have to do whether you know but coming from a player welfare point of view i mean but when are they going to get a time off i mean all right fair enough they would play all this way through christmas anyway but they still got to play a 38 game season a champions league a carabao or whoever sponsoring that cup at the time an fa cup they've still got to play these 60 65 games but they're going to have four weeks out of the season so where the hell are those games going to go true but there's one market that i'm surprised that fifa haven't tried to tap into given the number of players that seem to be making the way to play in there in the fledgling league you know in this country um lots of money going round and china you know, china mm. biggest economy wo- on the planet it would yep 
I'm just wondering how long it will take for FIFA to accept a bid from a conglomerate in China to say we would like to host the World Cup in whatever year it would be. They already have the Club World Cup. Mm. Well, I'm I'm guessing whenever the bidding for the 2026 World Cup starts is when they will accept that. No, that's already done. That's already done. Yeah, that'll be done. That's, that's, oh, that's no, the that's USA, the, isn't it? USA, 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 USA Canada. Nations, yeah. Yeah. yeah so so it, I mean, that's that joke. I mean, I mean seriously. I mean, <laughs> but, it, it takes a day to fly from one side of the US to the other, let alone going from Canada to friggin' Mexico. <laughs> Jesus it's, Christ. Um, it's but, but, it's uh, only the same as putting the European champion, the European oh, um, yeah. thing <laughs> across the whole of Europe. Yeah, <laughs> I know. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, we we had that one. Yeah, we'll pass on and that. One. That one again, I don't under, I don't understand because, I mean, we are pretty much hosting it, but we could have hosted it. So uh, why? And uh, it was because no one put a bid in, wasn't it? I think we were uh, still a bit sore about previous bids that we just were like, yeah, no, we're not going to do it. But we'll have the semi-finals and we'll have the final. That's mm-hmm. fine. We'll do that. Not a problem. Um, oh, yeah, it's just a mess, isn't it? Mm. Speaking of a mess, can I talk about the Classico? <laughs> if you want. <laughs> as if we can stop you, James. Well, we might as well end on this. So this is this oh, this is just pure Spain. It is brilliant. So the Classico is supposed to be this Saturday um, at 1 o'clock UK time because it was being marketed for China and the Far East market, which, yeah, no problem. It's 1 p.m. kickoff. Uh, and I think they're an hour ahead of us. Um, I'm not sure. So it'd probably be two o'clock kickoff in Spain. Uh, you know, not a problem with that. It's you know, it's not the middle of summer. It's oh, end of October, so you know, it's not going to be ridiculously hot. It's no, it's set for one o'clock kickoff in Spain. Is it okay? So oh, yeah, because we put back this weekend. So yeah, we'll they'll be one. They'll be ahead of us again, won't they? But so yeah, perfect. Absolutely no issues with that whatsoever. And then, and then the government go and jail some of the Catalan independence protest leaders, um, which sparks mass protest, largely peaceful, has to be said, not 100% peaceful, but largely peaceful protests that have caused the airport to be closed, they've caused the obvious security concerns that you, that you would expect. Javier Tebas is the head of La Liga. And he said, oh, well, we can't send Real Madrid, his club, by the way. Um, we can't send Real Madrid over to Barcelona to play this because there's a massive security risk. Bear in mind, the security forces in Spain, uh, in Barcelona, the, the police, the civil guard, the government, everything there. Yeah, no, it's fine. We can, it's not a problem. We can host the game. It is not an issue. Not a problem at all. And Tebas, no, no, he can't go ahead it's too high risk can't happen so he postpones it he then says to the clubs come up with a plan and barcelona were like well one o'clock on saturday <laughs> that's the plan real madrid are like well one o'clock on saturday that's that's the fix that's the plan we're all happy to go and play the game we've been given assurances the game can be played it'll be safe everyone will be safe you can have a hundred and hundred thousand fans in the stadium it's not an issue and he's like, no, 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 we're not playing it. So it's called off. And both clubs are like, well, 
when do you expect us to play this game? Because we're both in the Champions League. We both play in La Liga. The only free week we've got is the 18th of December. And Tebas has said, well, no, you can't do that because that's the Copa del Rey. There's, there's Copa del Rey first round that night. And Barcelona and Real Madrid are saying, well, yeah, but we're not in the first round. <laughs> we don't come in until the round after, so we can play it. Oh, no, 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 you'll take away the attention from the Copa del Rey. It's not fair. Um, and it's like, okay. So then, <laughs> it's, it's brilliant. So then the Spanish FA get involved, Jose Rubiales, uh, Luis Rubiales. Um, they hate each other. The league and the federation and Rubiales and Tebas hate each other with a passion. Um, so they come up with this date of the 18th and Barcelona and Real Madrid, they, that's, the, that's the proposal they put forward. And that is, I think... A Tuesday or a Wednesday night. It's a midweek. It's a Wednesday. It's a Wednesday night. And all of a sudden, Javier Tebas is like, oh no. And regardless of the Copa del Rey, he's like, shit, I sold this game to China. Um, we can't do it on a midweek night because that's stupid o'clock in China. Uh, what about the 4th of December? Can we do the 4th of December? And Barcelona and Real Madrid are like, um, no, because we've got league games already on those on that day on that weekend it's a league weekend oh yeah no don't worry we'll postpone those games and we can play them elsewhere don't worry it's not a problem like no we'll do it on the 18th of december so at the moment it's scheduled for the 18th of december but javier tebas has said no that's not happening it can't happen on that day so if he hadn't have got involved it would be happening on saturday when it should be Mm. happening and now he's screwed himself and his deal with China because he doesn't want it midweek and it's the only time they can play it because of the Champions League. And <laughs> he has absolutely done himself here and it is brilliant because the man's an idiot. Um, <laughs> Spanish, anyone who watches Spanish football knows how much of a mess it's got better over the last few years, but you know how much of a mess it is in terms of um, TV times. The, the, for years and years and years and years you'd get a week's notice of when a game was kicking off which is insane um it's not so bad domestically because there isn't a huge culture of away travel of away fans traveling in spain but of course there's a massive culture now of people flying into the country for games for making weekends of it and going to a game um so that it has got better i think they do it about maybe four weeks in advance now which is you know it's good of them um but yeah so i just thought it was absolutely superb that javier tebas has said that he can't go ahead because of security risk because of the team that he supports is coming to a, a politically unstable part of the world or part of the country and now he's massively backtracking because the dirt the only dirt that is feasible is a wednesday night that doesn't fit with who he wanted to sell the game to. And it, it's like, I think your chickens are coming home to roost there, mate, because <laughs> you have done yourself there. And it's, it's you know, it's made a laughingstock. The, the, it's just the fact that both clubs said, no, we'll play it on Saturday. And the authorities and the police and the civil guard and everyone said, oh, fine, we can handle it. It isn't an issue. And he still stubbornly said, no, thinking that he's... <laughs> that's, Oh, the man is an idiot. 
just really makes you wonder exactly what on earth he's there to do yeah and it's you know it's so it's it's all part of the thing that makes me wonder yeah i ain't necessarily going to get good governance at any level of football if you've got people involved with clubs trying to govern the entire league the entire competition but i I mean i don't get it i mean I, i mean it was it was only it was only called off uh officially on Monday, I think it was. Oh, it might have been over the last weekend. It might have been last weekend, and Monday was when they when they said the 18th of December. But this is the classico. You have people flying in from yeah. Japan, from Korea, from America, from all over Europe, and we and we're yeah. not talking the easily accessible parts of Europe. We're talking Russia and other, you know, Eastern European countries that are having to fly in, probably. On, on, you know, on indirect flights with stopovers, and they've booked it, and the the tickets for the match. I mean, I paid 190 euros to go and watch the game against Atletico, so that's going to be a similar sort of price for a Classico. This is a Classico, and yeah. <sighs> these poor, poor people. I mean, look, I would love to be stranded in Barcelona for a weekend. There are worse places you could <laughs> be, but when you spend all that money on, for a lot of them, it's going to be a once in a lifetime trip. Yeah. This is not good form at all, and this is really, really bad. Um, and you know they can refund the tickets. Can't you can't guarantee that they're going to be able to come back to when it actually does get played. It's yeah, again, the fans that suffer. Yeah, and especially if those fans have also put deposits down on hotel accommodation. Yeah, they love it. Love cost it will have cost some fans thousands. Yeah, yeah, and all because one man decided, oh no, it's not safe. Yeah, you know. and it's got nothing to do with him. Absolutely <laughs> nothing to do with him. I mean, we've you know how many times have we heard of teams going, you know, English teams going to Russia and Serbia and wherever else in Champions League, Europa League, and there are security concerns and um, mm. you know, and it, it, the 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 um, the authorities said, no, it's fine, we can handle you coming. It's not a problem. Yeah, we're political, you know, we're unstable. There's things going on. We're fine. We can handle you. We can ho- we can host a game, and it goes ahead, and you know it it happens. And I mean, the, you the think fans are gonna, coming. In... They're going to say all that after after the uh, Brexit. There's going to be political unstable coming to the UK, and no one's going to want to travel to us. Well, there is. If, I don't, is there a country on the planet that isn't politically unstable right now? I mean, <laughs> I mean, there's you plenty know, of dictatorships that are not I mean, unstable we're, we're, at all. We're, we're unstable over climate change let alone brexit i mean you know you've got extinction rebellion doing their thing i mean you know i don't think there's a country on the planet that isn't politically unstable if there is i'm moving there before the 31st of october obviously kazakhstan that's supposed to be quite a thing georgia's not politically unstable either because it's had a dictator for a long time um How about Andorra? Russia? Russia is Russia is not at all. If you're on the right side, well, to be fair, personally, Spain was under dictatorship for a long time. Until very recently, to be fair. I think it's. I think this is really just signifies how poorly La Liga run their league, and which is why it's slipping down the rankings. It's it's shocking. I mean, how can you have a league that's got two of the best club sides of the last decade, and in Barcelona, one of the you know, back to 2008, one of the best club sides ever. It's had, you know, the 
best player of all time for like the last 13, 14 years. And it's had the other best player of all time in it for 10 years until recently. You know, you've got players like Eden Hazard in there now, Luis Suarez, Griezmann, you know, it's, how can they, I mean, this should be the biggest league in the world. It should be the biggest league in the world. And they are so, so backwards. It's ridiculous. Um, yeah, well, if you if you think even in the UK that you can't watch it on a, no offence to Premier Sports, but you can't watch it on a decent channel. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, Sky really dropped a bollock when they let it go. I mean, Eleven Sports when they had it last season, it they picked it up for I think it was ten ten or eleven million pounds for every game, every game every week. That that's insane how the hell did sky let that go and sky's coverage was fantastic um because they'd been doing it for 25 years um so and they they'd set up all their different channels sky sports main event sky sports premier league sky sports football and then they lost the one league that actually filled the, those channels i mean they have what three premier league games a week they had 10 la liga games every week and they let it go it was ridiculous for 11 million quid 11 million quid for, a, what, 180 games a season? Absolutely mental. Mental. Whoever lost that, well, I hope they don't work there anymore. Well, you've mentioned the 4th of December. Um, and if I remember correctly, that's a midweek midweek games for um, the UK. Oh, sorry. Was it... The f- yeah, no. No, no, no. It was the 18th. Made, 18th won- is what they were mentioning. But yeah, the- it, there was a Saturday in between because I think Real Madrid is due to play Espanol or someone like that. And it, he's definitely wanted it to put it on a different weekend in December um, at one o'clock again for the Chinese market. Yeah. Because he's suddenly backtracking, realising the, the shitstorm he's just created for himself. Because now he's got China on his back. <laughs> mm. Good mm. luck to him. But what, the, 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 I was trying to do a segue with that. That's okay. I wasn't, I wasn't picking holes in what you were All saying. Right. Um, what I was going to say is that we're into. If you do like the Premier League and you do follow any clubs in the Premier League, still, there's going to be a couple of crazy weekends. A crazy weekend coming up, a crazy um, midweek coming up, and the start of the new year. Because, as you're probably aware, Amazon have the right yes. to some games. The end of the Christmas fixtures, aren't they? But every game on the 3rd, 4th and 5th of December is going to be live on one of their... It's going to be streamed live on Amazon Prime. And let's face it, who doesn't have Amazon Prime? Me. Yeah. Fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you are. Well, two-thirds of the people here have Amazon Prime, let's put it that way. Yeah, I mean, if you you buy stuff regularly off Amazon, it's worth it just for that. But then you also get Amazon Music, Amazon Prime Video, and I assume... In that eight quid a month, it will include the Premier League. I don't know. I don't know. It includes if... tennis and it includes the Premier yeah. League. And so we've got two two rounds of games. So basically, the third, fourth, and fifth of December is going to be live on Amazon. Yeah, because they, they, there was one package of twenty games left. And how, how did no, how did no one pick this package up? It's mental. Well, it's, mental. <laughs> it's ridiculous. If this goes well we could see this challenge to this stupid three o'clock on a Saturday rule because yeah. 
we've got every game now is going to be on Boxing Day and the, I... the day after Boxing Day is going to be live as well. BT have just announced that everything on New Year's Day and the second is going to be live, every uh, single game. But, but they're not Saturdays, are they? It's midweek. No, this is this is the thing. It's the midweek game. It's midweek 3 and... o'clock. It's not a Saturday 3 o'clock. Yes. It's a bank holiday. I, I realise that. But what I'm saying is that this is going to be the precursor. When Amazon come in, If um, this is a test in the water for Amazon because they don't care. They've picked up the tennis for next to nothing as far as they're mm-hmm. concerned and have been streaming all this ATP tour tennis as well. Mm-hmm. But this is when you think, who's got more money, BT, Amazon, Sky? Oh, Amazon, exactly. clearly. Exactly. Definitely. Amazon blow everyone out of the water with that. And this is a test for them to see which how isn't, well it which, goes. Which isn't good because it means they'll end up no. paying like seven, eight billion for the Premier League cause to blow everyone else out of the water and to get it. Yes. Which it's means dis- everyone else disparity gets, even bigger. Yeah, which isn't good because I was kind of hoping that Sky would bottom out and we'd end up with a sensible deal again. It's just going to get astronomical. I mean, this this deal of the twenty games that they've got. Um, it was it was a package that was that was left over that for some reason no one bid on, and I know Netflix went in for it, um, and I think one or two others as well maybe went in for it, um, and it, yeah it was Amazon that got it, but of course yeah they're like the biggest company on the planet other than Apple, so <laughs> but we've got, we've got no got, I think they've got, they've got I, the most like Derby. Oh, is that is that at that time of year? I don't actually that, know what games they've yeah. got. I just know that they've got those those games which i can't wait i mean i'm looking forward to watching them but it does worry me the, what's going to happen to multi let's get multi-screen mm. because there are so many games going on at the same time. Uh, no, just, i mean that's going to be and that's going to be crazy i'll just pick one to watch for about 10 minutes and then i'll just well bother yeah. <laughs> well so <laughs> just see, it... see what the coverage is like see who yeah. the commentators are who the presenters are things like that well, my guess is that the commentators will be the same like they are with bt um, that they're all freelance. Yeah, so it'd be Darren Fletcher and, and I yes. like Darren Fletcher as a commentator. He's good. Um, so I just, I just thought, I just found that interesting because I just when I was watching the Champions League last night, um, which I don't know whether you've watched any highlights of. I don't want to talk too much about it, but did you see Alex Oxley Chamberlain's second oh goal? Oh my God, how good was that? But <laughs> and just it, nonchalant. And for me, not the best goal of the night. Did you see? The winner for Leipzig. No, I haven't seen. That oh yet. my God! It was unreal from from the right hand side of the penalty box. It was a cross that came in. Um, the right back Marcel Sabitza chests it down and then cuts across the volley, and it's going it's going wide. And then all of a sudden, it just suddenly curls and goes into the the toppest top corner you've ever seen in your life. It was unreal. It it was ridiculous. Um, but yeah, I mean Oxley Chamberlain, and his first goal wasn't half bad either, was it? I mean, what a what a what a player to get back. Lalana's back for them as well, and to get him back, uh, Oxley Chamberlain. I mean, that is a new signing because he's been out for over a year, and mm. not only for Liverpool, but my God, him in that England team, oh, he is that dynamic presence that we need there. He is going to be a big, big player going forward. Now I'm delighted he's back. I was gutted when he got injured and meant he would miss the World Cup. Um, I think he got injured when he came back as well, didn't he? Um, which is why he's only yeah. just coming back now. But phew, what a player to get back. I'm just thinking of the craziness that BT won't let me watch the highlights, but let me watch the whole game. 
<laughs> Go on the YouTube channel, they'll be on there. Yeah, I'll try that, but I'm in Germany, don't forget, and it keeps telling me they don't have rights. Ah, okay, fair enough. But they okay. let me watch the game. <laughs> 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 that doesn't make sense at all. What also doesn't make sense is how we can spend an hour talking. and I know, that's really, gone quick. I hope really it's gone quick for the listeners. It's gone quick for me. I will. I just want to apologise. At one point, I cut out, and so I don't know whether the recording will be the full hour or not. But whatever you do, you can follow James ranting on YouTube. Uh, yeah, I'm there. You can find me uh, at Gamer James FM on Twitter, and then you can find my YouTube from that. Um, still doing some Pez at the minute, but it's. Um, I am really bad at that game. <laughs> <laughs> Bring on FM20. I just want that now. Those who, those who say you're not you're not a player, are you really? That's what you're saying. You're not you're not a player. You're a manager. Yeah. Um, you're doing like. I'm not and... brilliant at that. <laughs> but yeah, check out my YouTube. Yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah, you could also go over and follow Rob on Twitter, who maybe have more rants than he did tonight on Twitter because he didn't have any tonight. No. You said you weren't going to, and you you held it up. Yeah. Well, the thing is, you know. Requires a bit of energy to do with that, and at this stage of the, uh, at this stage of the month, yeah, there's nothing worth getting no. excited about. So, well, thankfully, anyway, I, I had plenty to go at. So. You had plenty to go at in my stead, Jim. Yes, yeah, still there on Twitter at Baby Drobo. Um, back involved with uh, Hampson Richmond again at the weekend, and uh, yeah, some starting to think about some more uh, fanzine articles. So, yes, oh. yes. Um, Starting to think of the subjects, I'm sure the guys can come up with the suggestions. But yes, it's all getting back into the swing of things as we go through autumn. Yes, and we're back again. We will be back again next week. All being well, we go again on uh, Thursday night. We record for a Friday night, uh, Friday morning. Listen, so you can go over to the website and go to wegoagainpodcast.com and see of our back catalogue you can follow us on twitter we go again podcast and also we go again podcast on facebook but whatever you've been doing i thank you for listening <laughs>